Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Adam. Um, and today we're doing something a bit different. Um, so back, I think it was the second episode, mm. I had a chat with Andrea. Hello. And we touched Andrea is here with me. <laughs> um, and I we touched on um life being method acting. And I've just been thinking about that a lot recently and I really wanted to go in and unpack it further. So we're here doing a part two mm-hmm. um, and, you know, we're kind of going to v- steer away from like the industry and that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, just unpack this whole idea of life being method acting. Yeah. The human condition. Love it. That's it. Um, do you want to quickly remind people who you are? What you sure do? thing. I am Andrea McVidry and I am an actor based in Sydney. Kind of dabble in a bit of writing as well and um, mixed media photography. So, yeah, that's me. I'm, a, I'm an emerging artist. Yeah, we're all emerging. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's so much to unpack here. Um, so much. I, I'm going to briefly just, um, so when we touched on it in um, the episode we recorded, it was like very brief. I feel like we kind of skimmed over it. Mm. Um, And yeah, like I literally don't remember what we said, but it was like very brief. It was just like life is method acting. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like we're all just pretending. And then we questioned what is acting. Yeah. If we're all acting. Um, But yeah, so I wanted to talk about um performing versus acting because I think yeah, yeah. that performing for somebody in terms of like life versus like acting as someone is they're very very different so um different. because yeah so I think that um you know you can perform for someone really easily and we all do it mm. you know it's as simple as you know you you know, if anyone works in, like, retail, like, obviously you're doing, like, oh, how are you, blah, 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 but you don't care. You're just yeah, you could be, doing You could job. be in an absolute shit mood and then just be, like, you have to put a smile on your face because you're in front of customers. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think that performing is kind of, like, this temporary, um, it's, like, a temporary space that you occupy. That you occupy. Mm. Whereas I feel like acting is more, like, um, it's you know like being someone else it's like yeah something that you're you, taking on a different character you're kind of it's a lot to do with empathy like putting yourself in someone else's shoes and yeah mm. bringing their story to life whereas when you're performing in real life it's like you're doing it for your own gain kind of it's kind of selfish in a way I think maybe sometimes yeah no I I like I just question like what do we get out of performing for people because it's like I think what, a lo- like what is you go I think a lot of it has to do with sometimes insecurity and I mean sometimes you're in I know when people get insecure and stuff you kind of the only way they handle it is being like oh um they just put on like this co- confidence that usually isn't the way that they uh save themselves or something like that if that makes sense Mm, yeah um but i'm kind of like if like say you're insecure and you are just playing up this persona Mm. it's like 
how are you going to overcome your insecurity or adversity when you're just like blanketing it with yeah just like you know I'm fine I'm fine when you're not fine I know yeah so wouldn't you want to like unpack your shit so that you could be like a happier person rather than just um constantly like putting on a facade yeah yeah but I also think that even if you aren't aren't insecure you're still doing it and I Mm. think that there's no way that we can get out of performing for people because it's just I feel like it's part of our nature like it's kind of yeah how I brought up but it's also like you put um, on different faces when you're around different people it just depends like when I'm with my family I'm completely different when I'm with my friends or like when I'm with my acting mm. friends or like it's just different yeah absolutely um coming off of that mm. um I find it really interesting what happens when worlds collide like um so for example like say you work in an office and you're like super professional and like put together whatever and then like outside of the workplace you're with your friends you're like super chill whatever Mm. right it's like these two different people and then what would happen when the two worlds collide say you like have an event where people from your work but then also your friends um like come together it's like what like what do you do Whose side do you choose? Yeah. Who are you trying to impress well, it's, more? Yeah, it's something that I really struggle with because I'm always trying to manage my two groups of friends, like my acting friends and then my friends that I've just, like, from high school, like, I, mm. you know, my, like my childhood friends. And I find it really hard to combine them because they're just so different and it's kind of like, mm, like, it's just too much for me to handle to combine everyone together. Mm. But then it's like, is the um, kind of connection between you and this group of people and then you and this other group of people, like, you're the connection. Exactly, So why, like, why do you, like, play it up for these people when it's like you are the, what am I trying to say? I know what you mean. It's it's like, why can't you just... Why can't you just be yourself? Yeah. And then, like, these, it's, these two groups of people are, like, they want to be around you because you are you. Yeah. And that, like... Yeah, I know, know what I mean? mean. It's, like, I don't know. It's really hard for me because I always, like, when I'm with my acting friends, I'm, like, I'm a completely different person when I'm with my, like, childhood friends. So it's kind of, like, if I'm if I combine them, like, one of them is going to be disappointed because they're not getting who they like. If that makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm putting on yeah. a different – and it gives me this shit sometimes and I'm like, why can't I just be like, I don't know. I don't know. It's so weird. I don't know why I do it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just – I think it's just something that makes me – I don't know how to even explain it. Because when I, I feel like the real me is the person I am with my acting friends. And I think it's harder for me to yeah. to show that to people that aren't actors because sometimes they just don't yeah. get it. And they're like, oh, wow, she's really, yeah. like, exuberant and, like, too much. It's like, but that's kind of me anyway. Mm. But, but then, <clears throat> yeah. sorry, um, like, coming off of that, it's like, is is this person the real you or have you just conditioned yourself to think that this is you or is like this is the version that you want to be so you play it up 
but it's not actually you. It's just you are so clouded mm. um, by your own, like, performance. I know, and that's the thing that I always question every day. Like, I wake up and I'm like, am I living a lie? <laughs> okay. No, literally. Because it's like, um, who, who really am I then? Like, I don't – I think that's something we all kind of just – a questioning throughout our lives it's like who are yeah. we really yeah that's why I think that um when people are like oh just be yourself and people will like you it's like no <laughs> no no no. you need to be the person that they want you to be because that is what they like that's how you're gonna maintain a relationship with them yeah um, but also I, I have this idea that when you make new friends or when you already have like an established relationship with a person they kind of put their own idea onto you and then you have to live up to that so you kind of are constantly trying to um like get to the surface and reach to their expectation of you because you know what I mean yeah no I think that um I read it was an article or like an interview whatever it was um, and this woman was talking about, um, how people will have a certain perception of mm. you and then like, so say like with your childhood friends, they might have this perception of you. And even as you grow up, it's like the perception will always kind of stay the same. Yeah. And so if they like, if someone was like, oh, you know, what do you think of Adam? It's like, whatever they conjure up in their head. Like they can't, sh- they can't shake that. Even though people change and you, you know, become like you find different parts of yourself, whatever. But that, like, people don't shake the perception of yeah. you or the impression they have of you. And so I think that's what mm. you play up because you don't want to, um, like, I guess you don't want to disappoint. Yeah. Because I think like nobody wants to be the person that is disappointing someone like that's the worst mm. feeling to know that someone's disappointing and I think that's where it kind of comes so from it's like you want to constantly have people's approval and as as mm. as like mundane and kind of stupid as it sounds it's, it's kind of just what we all look for like approval but yeah absolutely it's all about people pleasing I think that we all people mm. please and even people that say oh no um, I'm not a people pleaser like you you are it's okay you are you just don't want to accept it and also like people that this really annoys me and I kind of used to be this person mm. but I like decided to opt out of it the people that are like oh, I don't care what anyone thinks oh, of yeah. me like I'm just doing me I used and to be that like, person too like wait a minute how do you not care about like, I used to be that in high school. I used to be like, oh, I don't really care what people think about me. Like, whatever. I don't really, like, I'm just chill. Like, yeah. it's and fine. And I still have those moments but... where I'm like, oh, I don't give a fuck. But then I'm also like, but I do give a fuck. Like, but it's like, I do. Yeah. It's like, no. Um, I think that people pleasing is, I, like, I think it's um, not frowned upon, but I think people are like, oh, people pleasing. That's a bit, you know, but it's like, it's like inherently just in yeah who we are it's just as people. The human nature. It's just like it's just it's just how we are programmed. I guess it's like everyone mm. does it, so it's it's better to just accept it. And I don't know, you know, like why are we constantly saying no, no, we're not this, we're not that? Like just accept who you are. And I don't know. It's hard though. It's easier said than done. But yeah, it's so complex. No, I think that, like, like say, let's, like, think about it as if you were, like, putting on 
like a play that you've written, right? Like you put it out and then you want reception from people and you want it to be good, obviously. And that's kind of, I feel like that's kind of what we do in our lives. Like we put ourselves out, just like we put out our personality, who we are. And of course we want it to be accepted. Why? Like who wouldn't want to be accepted? Yeah. Um, but the thing is that acceptance is not objective. And so I think that, uh, that like um, battle of wanting to be accepted really plays into why we um, change who we are to fit a certain um, perception or like idea. Mm. Um, and speaking of, <clears throat> speaking of um, like playing into ideas, I wanted to talk about um, stereotypes and archetypes and how people yeah. play into them because I think that that's a really interesting um, aspect of, so yeah, people playing into stereotypes and archetypes. Yeah. Well, I think um, as soon as your label is kind of a certain stereotype, you kind of just play into it and you're like, oh, okay, well, might as well. Or I think on the flip, you work not so to hard to prove people yeah. that you're not. Um, and I think it comes back to the idea of perception and that people, they just can't shake what they see mm. of you. Um, I was listening to an episode of Bourbon Flex. It's a great podcast. Um, And they were unpacking the, you know, the cool girl monologue. Oh, my God, I love that. I just put that down as a (laughs) self-tape. Oh, I love it. Um, They were unpacking that monologue and, like, the kind of cool girl stereotype Mm. or archetype. Um, And I thought it was really interesting what they were saying. I mean, I obviously don't remember exactly what they said, but basically... They were like going on about how kind of what it says in the monologue. Um, if you don't know the monologue, go and like Google it or look it up on yeah. YouTube, whatever. Um, but basically, in the monologue, um, she talks about how she was like this cool girl for her husband, and then she goes on about how um, the quote unquote cool girl is different. Yeah, like she's to, the hot person, the hot like, girl. But, and it's kind of like the men's way of it's like, there's a line in it where she says men always use that, don't they? As their like defining compliment. She's a cool girl. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, basically Bobo and Flex are saying that it was just like internalized misogyny, yeah. but like in a monologue, it was really wild. But yeah, basically, like in the monologue, they talk about how um the cool girl is like different depending on um who is using it. So I mean, I don't know exactly what she says, but she's like, you know if he's a biker chick, then she's this type yeah. of person. If he's a gamer, then she's this person, mm. right? So I think it's really interesting that stereotypes, although we see them as like, oh, it's this one set thing that everybody is, and they fall into how a stereotype can be interpreted differently. Mm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think we just play into them because it's like... Well, sometimes it's easier it's to just play into it. I was legit about to just say that. It's easier to just play into <laughs> and a stereotype. Yeah. And people, people play for the people that think of you as that than for you to um, try and shake it because I feel like there's, like, this culture within humans. Maybe it's just Australia. Mm. I don't really know. But there's this culture of people that they just, like, don't want to do the work. They exactly. Fucked, and I think... Right. So it's like... Why bother trying to like shake off mm. this um, 
perception of being whatever when I could just buy into it and then you know yeah 100% I think it's an Australian culture because I know in my parents are from Peru and there's a very like in South America there's a very like you've got to work hard to get what you want all this so people are very hard workers so I think it's in because in the Australian culture is very you know laid back kind of people want things to kind of be handed to them in a way which is weird because um, apparently in America, people think Australians are really hardworking. And I'm like, what? Wow. Well, maybe, I mean, I don't know. That's really weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird because, I mean, that's an, another example of people thinking that Australia, Australian people are really hardworking when, I don't know, sometimes even Australians don't we're see. <laughs> yeah, we're... But, yeah, what do you think about the whole, like, stereotype um aspect yeah well I basically think that as I said like it's just something that people play into but then I also do think that people some people can be just on the flip side as you said so willing to go against it and sometimes that willingness to go against that stereotype that you're being labeled as or whatever can kind of backfire in a way and then it, it shows that you kind of do play into that stereotype if that makes sense Mm, yeah it's a bit of like a yeah of like as in like the further away you get the more closer you actually are to it yeah no absolutely um I think that it also comes a lot from like media and society and how that all affects um perception and impressions and all of Mm. that um um, do you think that people buy into what the media portrays? Because I think that there's, like, a huge... Like, people are so quick to be like, we're not like that. Why? We're not... No, we're, we're deeper than that. But it's like, Yeah, well, you? I think... I mean, everyone does. In one way or another, you buy into what the media says. It's... <laughs> it, media has such power over people. It's just a given, kind of. And I know there are some people that obviously don't believe. I mean... I know I can say sometimes I do fall into the trap of believing everything the media says. No, well, coming off of that, though, I like, off, that, off of that example of, um, you know, old people think that young mm. people are on their phones, but it's like a lot of the time they're kind of just calling out Yeah, and it's also, it's also like the tables are turned, though, because the most of the time when I'm on the train or any mode of pu- public transportation, I literally see all the older people on their phones. I'm never on my phone. I'm always looking out the window or listening to other conversations and, like, people watching. Yeah, so it's true. like you can't base your – I mean, I think it's just a generalisation – People are kind of just like, oh, they see like a few young people on their phones, and they're like, oh, all young people are always on their phones. Like, mm. yeah, but I think again, that also comes back to the media. Like, I mean, in the media, that's kind of how young people are exactly. portrayed. But also, like, um, I think there's like a huge, um, not cultural difference, but there's a huge like, um. Yeah, I mean, I guess cultural difference because, you know, in 2020, technology is so, even though, like, technology and social media and all that can be really toxic, it can also be very helpful. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because, you know, older generations didn't have that. They can like, be quick to judge it because they never had that when growing up, so they can't see the kind of positives. I mean, it's a great place for networking. Like, the amount of people that I've met 
like over Instagram or like Facebook and stuff. It's like mm. great. Yeah. Oh my god, this is like sparking a really good thought. Mm. Um, I wanted to chat about um social media presence and how we um how we portray ourselves in social media and via the yeah. internet versus in real life because that's really interesting yeah. to be. Well, I always um, try to be as authentic as I can because I mm. because I I I use my Instagram as kind of a way to also network and get to know like other actors and artists so it's I kind of try to make sure that it's as me as possible but it's sometimes hard because you may be posting like a photo from ages ago like a photo from a photo shoot and then you're like oh like so back or not that I use that terminology but anyway um (laughs) but you're like oh like this is a great time or whatever but really you're just posting this on your bed lying down doing nothing at home yeah (laughs) so yeah no like I I think that um a lot of people on you know let's just say Instagram like a lot of people's Instagram is just like the highlight reel of their life which is fine but then they're so quick to be like no I'm doing me like I'm super transparent but it's like I don't see you posting your mental breakdown that you had an hour ago I don't see you Mm. posting like all, like, all the bad stuff that happens in your life, yet you're so transparent, but then your Instagram is a complete highlight reel. Like, because I think that it comes down to that you don't want to be perceived as, uh, like, again, it's all about perception, but I think that in terms of social media, um, I think that, this might be controversial, but I think that social media is very dehumanising. Mm, yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of people on the internet that like, I feel like they kind of don't want to be seen as mm. human. Like, kind of, I mean, it's yeah. Humans, like, people are like, oh, me. you know, there's like influencers and stuff, and they're like, oh, like today's a great day, like making a smoothie, like, <laughs> like okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> Sharon, like wow, um, but it's like it's okay, like who, like that's why I try to post kind of things about. I, I try to be as authentic as I can on my Instagram and I post about like my mental health and mm. stuff. And, but then I look at other people's Instagram and I'm like, Oh, like, r- are you really feeling that way? Like you're posting this great like photo of your like smoothie bowl. And <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, I even like, but even on that, I think that people that, um, you know, they might make a post doing like, oh, you know, today I'm like not having a good day, mm. blah, blah, right? But it's like, even within that, I feel like there's still an element of like, like unrealistic, um, what am I trying to say? Like, if someone makes a post doing like, oh, you know, today I'm like feeling yeah. depressed, blah, blah, blah. A photo of, like, of them like in makeup and... Actually, but, I don't, yeah. that, but I feel like it's it's kind of just like it still kind of um, acts as like a not necessarily a highlight, but it's never like completely true and mm. transparent. It's always oh, you know, I'm I'm feeling sad today, but life is all about looking up and 
I really try to like be better, blah blah blah. And then all the comments are like, oh my god, so disappointed, yeah. love you, girl, whatever. <laughs> but it's like you literally just tell me you're mm. depressed. Like, but you're posting on Instagram. Like, I mean, obviously I'm not gonna try and like unpack the nuances of depression because I don't have depression, but I just find it really interesting how even when people are trying to be transparent and like show all of themselves, that there's still an element of um like they still have this mask on where that's like them still trying to be like, oh, I'm depressed today, but I'm trying to better myself because I like like why can't you just be like, I'm depressed, I'm logging off. Like, cool, thanks for listening. <laughs> and then just go about your shit. Yeah, like, like just get to the gritty. I think I think that a lot of people I know a lot of people post about their mental health and stuff in a way to kind of break this stigma. This, um, it, it can have its downfall because I think the comments have a lot to do with it. That people post yeah. like, oh, like so proud of you, like all this stuff. And it's like, okay, but um, I'm just saying this, like I don't really need your comment. And then sometimes those comments can inform other people and then, bring this whole element of, oh, she's just trying to get attention so people can feel for her or whatever, or him. Mm, yeah. I don't know. No, I think it's, yeah, I think social media is just, like, a tricky one because it's just, you never really know what the intention or what is going on behind That's the, the thing. Like, whatever. it's hard to unpack because it's, like, it's different for everyone. Um, mm. and also social media I think plays um, a different part in like in terms of like culture mm. I think that social media and the media kind of in general like it's very different like the media that we see here and how social media is used and portrayed in Australia I'm sure is very different to European countries or Asian countries yeah. or whatever it just depends on the culture that you and that's grow up in central, yeah yeah and so I think having like this central kind of worldwide like Instagram like it's hard because people they like you know if I went to someone like this is a random example but say I went to like a French influencer's Mm. Instagram and she's posting a video of her like slurring a chicken because it brings her joy. Like, I don't understand that because what the fuck, yeah. we don't do that in Australia. But maybe what that's just what, she, what she's about, that's what she is, whatever. So then I think it's hard for people to um, really grasp um, what people are meaning or what they're doing or why they're doing it because of um, the disconnection, which is weird because you think the social media is all about like connecting people, but we're so disconnected yeah, because of it. Hundred percent. And you see that being explored so many times on like you know like you want you know when they post videos on Instagram about being social media is so toxic, but you're posting this on a social media platform. <laughs> social media is so toxic, yet isn't boohoo pain. Yeah, literally. And I'm like, oh, okay, like yeah. I'm a bit hypocritical, but uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, but listen, like, you do you, girl. Um, um, I You raised a really interesting point when we were chatting before this mm-hmm. um, recording um, about yes. grief, and I thought that was really interesting because I really wanted to um, chat about, like, emotion and you know, grief being, like, yes. an emotion, I suppose. 
Well, uh, yeah, what are your I'm, thoughts I've on always that? been so interested in grief. It just manifests in so many different ways and it, it's just so mm. complex. And I don't know, I think because I've seen it a lot in my life um, that, and I've experienced it a lot in my life that it's kind of something that I've always been really interested in exploring. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I like... It's funny to see, not funny, but it's interesting to see the way people deal with it. Because I know that, for example, my when my grandma, my grandma's mum, my great grandmother died. My grandma went into a whole few days of depression and just did not leave the house. Whereas compared to another friend that I know. When her mum died, she literally just went on her went on her life and just was like, yep, it happened, that's it, and kind of just moved on without even experiencing it. And then a few months later is when she mm. kind of went into a full depression and just couldn't deal. So it's funny, funny, I hate, why am I saying funny? It's interesting um, <laughs> to see how it affects different people and also depending on the relationship that you've had with the person that you've lost can also affect, you know, the way that it's um, manifested. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my, my experience with grief, um, I, like, I feel like I've never really truly experienced it because like, so for example, like my grandma passed away Mm. in January but, like, I never had a relationship with her. Like, I, like, she lived in Tasmania, so I saw, like, I saw her regularly. Like, it was, and then so when she passed away, like, yes, it was sad, but I was kind of just like, oh, okay. And then I just kept yeah. it pushing because it just didn't yeah. really affect me. And that, um, you see, that's interesting also because it just depends on the relationship that you've had with the person that's passed. Yeah, but then it's weird how, like, um, you know, when like a celebrity dies, people are like doing like everyday mm. mental hospital. But it's like you didn't I even know. know this person. Why are you so attached to them? I find that I think really that comes strange. back to social media and um, because you you start following this person, this celebrity's life, and you become so attached. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's because um we kind of inflate celebrities to be on this like mm. higher level. And so I think that like because of that, um like putting them up on a pedestal and like they play like not like a god like in figure, a general sense, kinda, sometimes you like just don't see their um, flaws. So you kinda like put them on this like, oh my God, they're so mm-hmm. amazing. Like they're perfect. Yeah, so then when you and then so like when they pass away because you've put them on a pedestal and you've idolised them and you see them as this, like, um, I mean, sometimes you might see a celebrity as, like, a reflection of yourself, you know, whatever it may be. And then because you lose that, I think it's, like, that's where the grief kind of comes from. It's not because you knew them. It's because you found enjoyment or pleasure in your perception of them because they've been up on a pedestal your whole life. Um, and then so I think the loss of that is more where the grief is, not necessarily no. the loss of the person. It's like the loss them. of also a part of yourself because you looked at them as, as you said, maybe like uh, an idea of who you were too. 
which is something mm. also that could yeah. resonate for people. But um, I also think that, I mean, because grief manifests in so many different ways, I, I, have, I lost a friend of mine um, last year to suicide, which was very hard. But I think I, the way that I deal with grief is kind of, um, I'm a very like straight to the point person. So I was kind of like, okay, so that happened. Uh, I guess it, and this person was quite close to me. So I kind of, mm. even though that relationship was very close, I kind of dealt with it in a way where I was like, okay, well, that happened uh, as blunt as it may sound, no point in dwelling in it. But then I look, I look back on it now and mm. I, you know, those emotions will come to me and I will kind of, I know that um, a few weeks ago I kind of had a bit of a breakdown because I was thinking about this person and I was like, wow, it's so weird to not have them in my life anymore. Yeah. Do you think that grief manifests like to say you've like lost say like you know four or five people have passed away in your life. Do you think that the the grief process no. is the same every time or do you think that it's subjective yeah. to the person well, that's what I think what happens? Some people will be like, No, it's the same every time. But for me and my experience, I think that it changes with each person that you've lost because mm-hmm. your relationship is different with every single person and I know that mm. for example another friend of mine lost her mother and she was not close to her mother at all um had a very yeah, terrible right. relationship with her mom and her grief process was absolutely it was inconsolable like you literally could not console her because she every day was crying she had this cry that was just oh it was quite disturbing actually but um and it was interesting because I asked her I was like do you think because you had such a terrible relationship with her and kind of didn't have that closure in your relationship that it's why it hit you so much and she was like yeah 100 percent, because I never got to hear the sorry from her or say sorry to her myself. And I was like, wow. So I don't know, that really just, mm. just found that really interesting. Yeah. Do you think that people play up grief? Like mm. this might be controversial, but I think that there's an element to grief or not necessarily grief, but the grieving mm. process that I think mm. gets played up. I don't know. I've never, I mean, I know there was this, a, a friend of my mum's um, and she, I don't know, her process, she had lost um, someone close to her, I can't remember who, and um, when I saw her at the, because we went to her the funeral and um, when we saw her at the funeral, it was kind of a very like a very put on thing like she's wearing a veil like it was I don't know mm. it was strange so maybe sometimes people do but maybe that's how they deal with it as well you know yeah or like even you know people that um post on Facebook doing like oh you know my nan passed away and mm. you know yada 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 
Um, like I, I just, I mean, I don't, I'm not like, um, like dragging anybody because if you want to post about someone passing away, you're like, yeah. you do that, right? But I just think there's an element of performativeness yeah, to something like that. And I think some people do it because they want the the consolation and they're kind of just like, oh, someone like someone tell me that it's mm. gonna be okay or whatever. But it does have it does have a Yeah, which I mean I don't No. I don't think that that's a bad thing. Like wanting you know, wanting I don't think that's a bad thing at all. But you know, I think that oh, people yeah. buy into the performative aspects of grief or kind of like I don't want to use the term milking it because I think milking it is a terrible term but um yeah I think that there is just an aspect of um yeah playing it up I do agree in that other people. I do I think that it I mean I've seen a few posts here and there about losing like someone and I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Um, I don't know. I think maybe it's just because me as a person, I wouldn't really post something so personal like that. Yeah. If that person was really close to me, I just don't post that. But I don't know. Or even like, even like, um, say you lose someone and then, you know, you're getting all like the sorries and whatever. And then you're like, no, I'm fine. Like, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Like, I'm fine. That's I'm performative. Fine. That is performative. Yeah, 100%. You're if you're de- de- denying it, then um, I'm like, yeah, no. Like. Which I understand, like, you know, the five stages of grief. The yeah. first step, like, is denial, right? But, yeah, I just, not that I think it's bad in any way, but I think that people don't realise that their grief can be performative and how that mm. plays out, um, on, like, yeah. on a bigger scale. Um, but I think that emotions, I think emotion is yeah, performative. It is. I don't know where it stemmed from. I think I like read mm. a post on Facebook or something. And then I messaged my friend and I was like, random question. Do you think that emotions are um, mm. feelings or actions, right? And then we kind of briefly discussed it. Um, and I... I don't remember what I said, but I think it was along the lines of, like, um, I think that, what did I say? <laughs> I literally don't remember, but um, I I don't know. What I are your thoughts on it? And I'll think about have... it and then come back. It's interesting. I think emotions can have the, I mean, people use, the... people can use them as actions, I think. And I think sometimes unknowingly as well, you use them as actions in order to get whatever I don't know whatever you want because we all have an objective in life we all have a want Mm. in our daily like routine like so maybe those emotions are used as a a tactic in a way to get what you want yeah yeah no I remember what I was going to say right so kind of what I said was like um I I think that there's like base emotions so like happy sad angry Mm -hmm. whatever but I think that those like the base emotions are actions because I think that say you're like angry about something it's never like oh I'm just angry it's like no you're angry because oh 100% certain thing so regret would be the emotion and then anger would be the manifestation or the action of so interesting that you say that I had a teacher who we were doing a monologue and I absolutely kind of broke down because I was like 
I just it makes me sad and he was like why does it make you sad though that's that's not the feeling like what what is it actually making you feel and I was like it's making me feel angry like it's making me feel frustrated and he's like well that's what it is you're frustrated at this Mm. piece yeah so I think that differentiating between Mm. feeling and action is something that needs to be hashed out um, because I do think there's a difference. I I just don't think like no one's no, ever. No, it's like, more oh, than sad. that. It goes deeper. Like, I find that it's like if you're sad, it's because of there yeah. is there's an emotion behind that that makes you sad. Whereas a sadness is just like mm. the manifestation and that's why, yeah. of because there, there's different ways like, people, because people cry when they're dreams. angry, when they're when they're like frustrated, when they're exactly so it happy. Yeah, like, so whatever, yeah. yeah, sorry, I cut you off. No, I watched this. Um, I watched this interesting video um, and it was someone like unpacking mm. hereditary and they were going yeah, in about so like, have you seen hereditary? Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the dinner scene where she like yells at him and then they were like unpacking it and they were saying that like, I mean, obviously like we don't know what Tony Collette's mm. like fucking choices were, but they were saying that it was like, um, she wasn't angry at him. She was, um, what did they say? They were saying that she was, um, she was, um, mm. um, guilty because she neglected her kids. And then therefore that's why said thing happened. I'm not going to spoil it in case you haven't seen it. Mm. And then it just manifested in anger. That's so true. And I think that's kind of what, what sparked the idea of like yeah. actions versus emotions. Um, yeah, which I think is really interesting. Yeah, that's um, really, yeah. What else do I have to talk about? Oh, I wanted to talk about trust and honesty. <laughs> Ugh, trust and honesty. Because I feel like if we're always performing... How do we know who we can trust and stuff? And if it's unhonest. But it's also like, what is trust? It's like, what exactly. is honesty if we're all being dishonest? Because we're just playing up at this, uh, the whatever mm. person we need to be at the time. It's true. I think I've, um, oh, I don't know. I can only speak to it on a, from my point of view, but I've always had real yeah. trust issues. <laughs> I don't know why. I kind of think I just grew up that way. It's got nothing to do with how I was raised or I think I kind of just, I'm like, oh, always questioning people. And I'm like, are you really telling me the truth? Are you really being honest? So I don't know. It's hard to know if, because if we all are acting, I mean, which I think we are, then I guess no one is kind of being honest. So it's kind of like, oh, okay, cool. And then yeah. it's kind of like, oh, so I can't really trust anyone then, can I? But then it's like also can I trust myself because I'm also acting. Yeah. No, I think that um, people place so much importance mm. on trust and honesty. And I don't know why because – I just don't think that trust or honesty is something to <clears throat> is um is ever the foundation for anything really um because yeah I just honestly don't think that yeah it exists um, yeah and you know what I agree too and yes yeah, that's it's, a, yeah it's, yeah <clears throat> um and especially if we're gonna talk about how everybody is like quote unquote method acting it's like so then like how do I explain this like 
Okay, here is the example, right? I'm mm-hmm. going to talk about I, Tonya. So, like, in that movie, obviously the point of it was that, like, everybody has their own version of yeah. the truth. And so I was like, well, if everybody has their own version of what is the truth, then the truth is just, like, this um, imaginary thing that doesn't exist because it's just going to be what you perceive it to be. Because you say, like, you and your friends go and mm. do some, like, illegal activity your version of the truth might be, oh, well, you know, I just got asked to come along and, like, I just, like, I didn't think anything would happen, but blah, 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 blah. But that's because you want to save yourself. It's not because that's the truth, quote, unquote. So, yeah, I just think truth is false. and Yeah, that's fair. I I do. I actually kind of do agree. I think that, yeah, I think you just put that really well. I I agree. (laughs) I feel like that's another thing that um that plays into this. It's kind of like people are yeah. afraid to be indifferent. Like if you so say like I saw a play with somebody yeah, and they loved okay. it and I hated it. Like why like that's okay to have different opinions. Like, I think sometimes I people like, um you know, maybe they're scared that if they voice their opinion that um, I don't know. It won't be. Yeah, I don't know. That would shut down. That could be a possibility, but yeah, no, I think. That... Yeah. Or I think the people are just like they're just gonna take the easy. It always road. comes like, back to that, doesn't it? To agree because it's you're kind of just taking the easy way out because it's just easier rather than challenging yourself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because then it's like, what would happen if you um, said to her, oh, no, that's not funny, and then she clocked you. It was like, why do you think it's funny? Like, what's going on with you? And then now you have to explain yourself over some simple meme that is irrelevant to whatever's going on. And then it unpacks a big conversation that people don't want to have. So they just take the easier and be like, oh, my God, yeah. lol, yeah, like, whatever. Um, but I think that's another thing. It's like, why, why can't you unpack your shit? Like, why, like, I understand, like, taking the easy road mm. because you don't want to deal with your shit, right? I completely get it. Yeah. I do it. Everyone does it. But part of me is, like, well, then You need to confront it. Otherwise, it's still going to, like, it. it's going to keep bubbling away at you. Yeah, which maybe is, like, an actor thing because I guess in acting you kind of have to deal with your shit exactly, you yeah. can unpack it and then use it, you know, in and so maybe like average people are. That's what I always question. That. I'm like, I don't know. maybe because, um, and that's what I always ask as well. I even ask my like, <coughs> non-actor friends because I'm always so interested. I'm like, why don't you guys want to know more about yourself or like why, like just general questions? And it's kind of just like, yeah, but like they they'll always answer back saying, yeah, but like who cares? Like I don't really like, I don't really want to know more about me. Like I'm kind of over me. And I'm like, oh okay, <laughs> like. That's yeah, really interesting. <clears throat> they're like, I'm over me, but it's like, I think they're over, over the perception that you've put on. Because I'm like, I don't think you're over you because you don't know who you are because <laughs> you're putting on this. Yeah, no, maybe that's what life is like. Maybe life is just us trying to like figure out who we are, and then we die, and we're just like, oh, lol, like, we are no one, <laughs> we are no one. Like, that's that's our life journey where just we get to the end and we're like oh cool we're just so on great maybe 
Um, I also think that um, <clears throat> this is something that I'm always chatting about people, but I detest performative activism. What do you I mean? Think it's just horrendous. Um, change, rally with your sign saying, like, save the earth. And then you're on your Instagram yeah. story eating Maccas and then throwing your rubbish on the floor. Like, why are you doing yeah. formative activism? I detest it. And on one hand, like, part of me is like, okay, well, activism mm-hmm. is activism. Like, that's great, whatever. But then part it's of me is also genuine. like, if you don't care about the cause, then just don't. Yeah, like, I have just, a problem with just say you don't care, move not on. genuine and like, they're just doing it for the the insta like oh my god just gonna post this like it's gonna make a cute instagram post or whatever mm. like or keeping up with the times like no do it because you're passionate about it don't do it because you want to fit in i don't know yeah and i also think that um i mean like okay say you've got like fucking becky up the road who's doing like she loves the environment but she also loves she wants to save poverty but then she's also really about feminism and then she also wants to like help women get water in mm. like poverty stricken countries you know whatever she's doing all these causes and so she's spreading herself thin doing 10 percent in each cause but effectively like if you just put 100 percent into the environment or 100 percent into poverty or whatever exactly you'd be doing a greater service than spreading yourself over 20 different things doing oh i'm gonna use my metal straw and then i'm also gonna like you know make it like change my instagram profile picture because there was a f- war in whatever country like you're not doing yeah. it on service by changing your profile picture like i do you yes. when everyone was like making their profile picture blue, i think it was syria yeah but it was. was it syria that i don't know what's happening yeah and i was like i remember my friend did it and then i asked her i sent her a photo of the world map and i said can you point out syria can you put a dot well i mean syria that just, ex- she that fucking just explains it and i'm like, like people are doing blue? this just because it's a social media trend like trends that's another thing i know and I mean, I never did it because mm. not that not that I didn't care I, about it, but I was just like, I am not trying to make out like I'm yeah. the Greta Thunberg of this cause when I'm not. Not that I don't care, but it's just I don't want to be putting on like oh, I'm changing my profile picture, I'm sharing this, I'm doing this because I mean, effectively, I kind of just was like, but is, what's what's I changing a profile picture gonna do? Like what's it what's it gonna do, honestly? Yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting what people will do for a cause versus what they do behind closed doors. Like I remember, do you remember when Amber Heard and Johnny mm, Depp? Do you remember that whole debacle? Refresh my memory. So like how Amber oh, Heard yes, was yes, like yes, saying yes. that Johnny Depp abused her. And there was that whole thing, and then it came out that she was using him, and it was just, like, this whole toxic dynamic. But then the thing is, is that she was doing, like, oh, me too, like, I'm a feminist, blah, blah, blah. Then behind closed Mm. doors, she's abusing her partner. Like, the way that people are so quick to... I also think it's really interesting the way that people will see themselves... How do I explain? Like, um, Like, someone will be so quick to be like, well your this is your toxic trait like you are gaslighting this person so fuck you why would you do that but then meanwhile they're yeah. gaslighting people and then they're like wait denial what? well i'm not doing that what do you mm. what do you mean like they're so quick to call it they out won't own it. But then they, they won't, won't own do it for themselves yeah. yeah i think that that's really interesting and i think it like comes back like 
when you're out here commenting on so-and-so's Instagram doing, mm. oh, you're not a real feminist, fuck you. Like, what is, like, what, what is the purpose of this comment? Like, who are you servicing? Also, have you burnt your bra today? Because exactly. I don't see you doing anything to feminism. Like, it's just insane. Yeah. Um, it- but honestly, I think that the big, um, the big thing here is perception. Yeah, I think that that's why we act in life. It's why we perform. It's why we mm. play up whoever we need to be at the time. Um, but then I'm also like, if I am out here acting in my life, <laughs> why don't I have an Oscar? Like, what's the tea? I just can't even fathom. Like, I've been out here doing a 20-year play, <laughs> giving my Tony immediately. Like, yeah, but it is. It's all it this this whole conversation comes down to perception. And it's such an mm. interesting thing, but also it's also it it, it it changes with each person's idea and view on it because yeah. It's just so complex. Yeah, honestly, I don't think we've unpacked it that much, but um, it's a very big. It's hard to unpack, unpack it in um, like one hour because there's so many different ways to look mm. at it, so many different things to explore. Like also that point that you raised about um, whether like perform being performative in our daily lives is like self sabotage. Um. Yeah, no. The what I'm trying to say, I literally can't word it, but I'm trying to say that like being performative and always like acting and people pleasing it's just not doing and all the things we've talked you, about at the end of the day. Doing all that is not of service yeah. to you. But yeah, I don't know. Mm. Because I think that it it deflects from this is gonna sound so stupid but it like deflects from your journey to like Mm self-fulfillment because I think that if you're so focused on pleasing everyone else and being the person everyone wants you to be then you're never gonna find who you are and who you want yourself to be to be happy because I think that humans are inherently um negative and pessimistic and sad because we're always trying to do what society wants or what yeah. other people want or what the media tells us to do, but it's never about what we want to do. And I think that, like, I just want to eat, pray, <laughs> love and be Julia Roberts and be in India eating my food and calling it a day. Like, but I can't do that because I'm actually trying But then to it's also everybody. like if you and it's do annoying. choose to do whatever you want to do, then you're kind of labelled as a selfish person. No, yeah, absolutely. No, I think that the key to finding self-fulfillment and not being performative yeah. is, uh, uh, what am I saying? The key to self-fulfillment and not being performative is that you just need to opt out of life, you need to opt out of capitalism and just go and, like, live in the middle of the bush and, like, not be around people and not have a phone and just, like, you know, drink your cocktails in the sand yes. and just, like be alone 100% and, and that's why I always to say to people it. be alone like know that you like know how to be alone because if you don't if you're one of those people that just doesn't know how to 
um, sit in your own company, then we've got a problem. So we never actually had an end point. We also never signed off. So I'm here to do a quick sign off. Um, thank you for listening. And I'll be back next week with another artist. Um, stay safe and live your life. And yeah.